Bald eagles, machine guns, tanks, and whiskey. What do those all have in common? Social justice warriors would hate them all. <laughs> this week, we're, talk- we're taking a look and examining America and giving our takes on how this experiment is going. Take a break from Kanye and the Kardashians, and welcome to another episode of the Bermuda Triangle Podcast. guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bermuda Triangle Podcast, where interesting topics get lost in good conversation. I'm your host, Alex and the Posse, starting with Adam. Hello. Carl. Hola. And Travis. Oh, well. He's over there. um, Camera issues, one sec. Oh, camera issues. Did our camera? Uh Our cameras went down. Oh no! We didn't. We didn't check. (laughs) Our our camera just suddenly just turned itself off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Guys. It has uh, been a crazy week in the news world. Uh, while we're figuring that camera issue out, the 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 media has been going crazy. Kanye. For, no, I'm just kidding. I well, I mean that's <laughs> definitely one of them. Uh, but uh, we have North Korea news. Oh yes, some North, big news. North, North Korea. Korea. Um, yeah. So Kim Jong Un and uh, I think the, uh, the President Moon. Moon. I think Moon, is yeah. his last name. Moon. Yeah, President Moon. Of South Korea, they've come together. They've officially crossed the DMC. They've grasped each other's hands and shook them. What do you think um, of when you saw Kim Jong Un? Like, so they dude, went, he's so just fat, man. He's no, no, so no, no, fat. On, on, on. When they walked across, like they shook hands, he walked across and he like grabbed Moon's hand and and walked him, right him to the other side. I was he like, like, damn, like, walked him like he was a little kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I was just waiting for somebody to try to do something to where like that that country is gonna spin it off of like. Oh yeah, see, like we grabbed his hand in the more forceful way, so therefore we're the better country. Kind of just dumb shit like that. I don't know. It's just like I guess the pictures were really good, but it just came across as almost genuine and to to a certain point, like oh, to a little point. Like there was, they were smile. The smiles were almost too big. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm very, I'm very uh, hopeful yeah. that you know what is being said is going to happen is going to happen, and you know peace and prosperity and yeah yeah Yeah. but i'm just extremely extremely distrustful of the north korean government and regime um i mean they haven't done anything to you know spark our trust (laughs) well very true um i mean and they're still what what also kind of found interesting is some of the media outlets have been sort of hailing kim jong-un is like this great leader now and how Mm -hmm. he's such a blah 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 i'm like you guys do realize he's still a like brutal brutal dictator and there's like he's like and like uh, imprisoning like thousands of people in these atrocious labor camps, like yeah. it's just it's it's a little mind boggling to me. I, I just I feel like it was a great first baby step in the right direction. It was great like turning the needle of you know of the political winds and the political uh, movements, the power movements going on in the world in the right direction. I think it was yeah. just a it's good posturing, and I I really think that China had <laughs> China or, and or Russia was just like guys. To, was telling Kim, just guys, y'all, need, you need to get your shit together and stop stirring the pot. You yeah, know, stop well, stirring the pot and trying and trying to bring us into a nuclear war when we're just not ready yet. I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> I, I hope it doesn't. I hope that never happens. Well, I, I sent you guys a video earlier, and I'm not sure if you guys checked it out, but it was sort of kind of explaining the the perspective of what this, or I guess the climate rather of what's going on in North Korea. Uh-huh. So. Um, Economically, they're not doing so hot right now. Um, the sanctions that uh, you know the UN and the United States have put on them is it's taking its toll. Mm-hmm. Oh, video! Oh, we're here. Hey, 
Woo! Got it done. Yes. All right. Now we're officially um, live. If there's ever more of a reason why we need your donation. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Um, But yeah, so in in that video, I was talking sort of about like what sort of the political climate is in in North Korea. And, you know, like I said, those those economic sanctions, um, they're taking the toll on the country and the country's feeling them. Yeah. Um, And so much so that the North Korean people are almost becoming resentful of Kim Jong-un and the regime for saying like, look... We're not really seeing the whole importance or why you're being so stubborn about these damn nuclear weapons. Like, we need food. Like, we're not able to feed ourselves. Like, yeah. you know. And so there's been a lot of that pressure going on. And and then Kim Jong-un is now getting pressure from, obviously, the United States with Donald Trump saying, like, look, buddy, we're not playing any games. Well, well think about it this way. Think about, so he's revered as a god or he, he tries to purport that or tries to push that on the population. What could be better than, oh, the God unifying the countries together for more prosperity for the country? Well, that, I think what like, interests the best angle he could take. What well, interests me a lot is I want to see I want to see the North Korean media and sort of how they're spinning it. I'm mm-hmm. just interested in see what, yeah. what that looks like. That's not but uh, I think it's in there in in both sides interest. Like uh, what we are saying is like the God savior kind of aspect is it's been three generations now mm-hmm. of the Ung family saying that they're going to save this country and it's only progressively gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And the people are, are whispering. I mean, you don't get much of a whisper there, but you, I think his, his staff is kind of saying like, Hey, look, it's going to get bad if we don't get some kind of change in where this I don't think it's the staff. Heading. It's not the staff. And, uh, because if that was a sentiment that Kim Jong-un didn't have that staff, that staff member would no longer be a yeah. staff member. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think it's Kim Jong-un is feeling sort of this pressure of, okay, the people are, you know, pressuring and sort of there's, you know, growing sentiment of, you the know, social climate the, the, the effects of the economic yeah. sanctions. And then also I've got, you know, South Korea, North Korea, or sorry, South Korea, Japan, and the United States kind of ride my ass. Like, I've got to do something here so he can potentially make both of them happy at the same time by doing what what's going on. Well, I think they know very well that if war does come to their front door that they're done yeah they're done they have yeah, no chance and but so but the interesting sort of the only the interesting answer. point to that though is that the only way that they historically have felt that they can ensure their future is by developing these nuclear weapons but i think the the harsh reality of that it's not going to stop anything is sinking in a little bit more and more well, and more also you have to take into the geological area of North Korea. If we were to nuke them, that those those fallout winds would go straight into China, and that's something we do not well, want. I, I don't Japan. think we well, would nuke them. I, no, I no, don't. just any nuclear device, any any country nuking that country, would, yeah. those fallout winds would blow straight through into a country that we don't want to mess with. We don't. China is is a beast. We don't want to keep on prodding. Yeah, you which know. you know we keep kind well, of doing of with tariffs. Do. Yeah, um, but uh, you know in. The, the two presidents, uh, or not presidents, uh, I guess he's the president of South Korea, right? Is, yes, is President Moon. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, Moon. I like that name. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just like the name. Uh, he, uh, I think, is the guy kind of really running the show here. Um, I mean, it was really interesting to see when they were walking across the two borders. Uh, and, you know, 
um, Ung came down to the south to meet, and they had their little talk. But then he like hand in hand walked across the. Yeah, we the mentioned. Mil- oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, yeah. While we were fixing the <laughs> yeah. the camera, I was, was well. Distracted. But here, here's another oh, another interesting point to look at as well is that the the platform in which Moon ran off of was uh, had an objective and a goal to get the United States military out of South Korea. Yeah. Um. So obviously North Korea is jiving with that too. Um, so they found some common ground into there. So that's what that's what makes me a little bit distrustful is is Kim Jong Un sort of just playing the part for now to get the Americans out of you know the peninsula, and then after that happens, cool. Now I'm running the show. I'm just extremely distrustful of that government. Like I think they're tr- they're they got they are they are not going to give up without a fight and anything. How much credit do we give Trump for this? Well. I don't know that, but if you ask the South Koreans, They're I like, mean, President Moon himself has, or no, President, sorry, I think like their Secretary of no, the Defense president. or something like that, but hold on, I'm getting to that one too. Yeah. They said, or she said rather, that you know these talks would have not occurred without Donald Trump. Um, and then President Moon himself has said Donald Trump is responsible for this and he should get the Nobel Peace Prize for it. So I don't, my opinion doesn't fucking matter. I'm just... What are the South Koreans yeah. saying? Well, that's interesting. I, I haven't really looked too far into it, like like what you're what you're mentioning. I haven't read, but uh, I so see all the memes on the internet. Didn't didn't Barack Obama win a Nobel Peace Prize? Yeah, I'm not. I'm know. I'm still trying to figure out what for, but yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, well, if you bomb seven countries, you get peace prizes now. Apparently, that's um, which I find kind of crazy. But <laughs> uh, I see all the memes talking crap about how. President Trump is taking credit for, you know, something that he didn't do, but I think he really did instigate. I mean, I don't I know. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not privy to those conversations, but if the South Koreans themselves are saying it, pretty sure that's probably what's happening. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to So, me. I'm looking at uh, the Nobel Peace Prize for 2009. It says, "Only very only very rarely has a person to the same extent as Obama captured the world's attention and given its people hope for a better future. His diplomacy is founded in the concept that those who are led to the who are to lead the world must do so on the basis of values and attitudes that are shared by the majority of the world's population. Like oh, what? So awful. what did he do though? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a, con- his, it's a, it's a popularity contest for his extraordinary efforts to strengthen international diplomacy and cooperation between peoples. So yeah. And, and those, yeah, I'm still not getting it. Um, but what also I find extremely interesting is that the, 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 the articles, the news articles about sort of this, Trump giving Trump the credit. They're coming from like CNN and the New York Times. Like I'm looking at a New York Times article right now. It says in recent months, Mr. Moon and his senior aides have repeatedly thanked Mr. Trump for making a reapproachment between the Koreas possible. Mr. Trump's maximum pressure approach of tightening the noose around the North, uh, around the North, with economic sanctions and military threats, was largely responsible for forcing Mr. Kim to the negotiating table. Yeah. That's that's coming from the New York Times. Yeah. I just it's just super interesting. Well, let's talk about the next piece of major news that's been going on. Oh, Lord. You mentioned it a second ago, Kanye, Mr. West. <laughs> yeah, I just want to start out by saying like I don't really give a shit about Kanye. I don't really care what he says. Travis has got something. I don't find him a super big philosopher or whatever. If if y'all haven't heard his new single, y'all need to go check it out. It's hilarious. What's it called? Is it Fire? It's like it's it's got a weird name. I, don't, I think it's called. Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's definitely a troll track to everything that's been going on. He doesn't actually have any bars to the end of the track. Lift yourself. Yeah, lift yourself. Oh my god, it's hilarious. It's 
you have to stay in for the entire song. You're going to get like a minute 30 in, and you're going to be like, what the fuck am I listening to? But when you get to that like minute 45, mm. <laughs> so So what do y'all think? Do y'all think he's just trying to get publicity for making such a stark change of ideals? Well, that's what... As soon, so when this was happening, a lot of my liberal left friends were like, oh, he's just trying to create controversy and put himself in the news so for his new album to drop, which, I mean, it could be the case. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that... I don't think he doesn't believe in what he's saying. Well, I think he's. I don't said think Kanye is that type of person because he said some weird ass shit before. But I think he's saying some really true stuff still, like it, it, especially when it comes to like just freedom of thought. He goes, you know, yeah, like, let, he let's, said something like let's the examine. Let, are out. Let's go and examine exactly what he said. That yeah. that way, our our listeners know. It's and, it's strange to me because it it kind of re- it's reminiscent of what Colin Kaepernick did, but he just had a different message. He just had the opposite message. Where I mean, or he had a message that didn't really align or did really align with what the mainstream media is pushing now and it's like it's i mean he it's you kind of see parallels between the two but uh you know the free thought there the idea of protest the idea of protesting against the the mainstream thought process and that's gonna be way too vague my friend Uh, yeah Kanye west tweets does not work no (laughs) yeah well you you don't have to point out my my googling shortcomings he's he's still practicing jeez so what do y'all think do y'all think there's any like parallels between kaepernick or any like uh kind of like why is one given more like you know praise and one is not well i both free thoughts well i well it depends on who you're asking, True. because if you look at it's it's okay. So ask conservatives what they think about Colin Kaepernick. They're like, mm-hmm. I think he's a disrespectful. I don't give a shit if he has a job or not. Whatever, blah blah blah. Like right. they obviously don't agree with it, what True. you know his protest or what even maybe his message of his protest is. But then you have Kanye West, who now the conservatives are saying, "Oh, see, look." And then the liberals are doing what the conservatives are doing to Colin Kaepernick. So it's just tribal figureheads. It's just much. tribalism at its yeah. finest. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't have to agree with Trump, but the mob can't make me love him. We are, or we make are me both not love him. Energy. We are both dragon energy. He is my brother. I love everyone. <laughs> I don't agree with everything anyone does. That's what makes us individuals, and we have the right to independent thought. The, I, th- I thought that well, was, that wasn't that, that wasn't his first tweet. See no, if you can wasn't. go down and. But I thought some of the stuff that he was saying, like we're like all he posted his signed MAGA hat, which I thought was hilarious as shit. <laughs> Yeah, now that's important. That's an important yeah. tweet right there. My so wife what? just called me and she's wanted me to make this clear to everyone. I don't agree with everything Trump does. I don't agree 100% with anyone but myself. Sometimes I don't point. even agree with anything uh, 100% of everything I do. True. <laughs> True. I mean, <laughs> sounds like something Some you would say. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes I look back and I'm like, why the fuck did I do that? <laughs> right. Hindsight's 2020, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But I there was I don't think that's the initial tweet that came out. Let but me, it, let me see if I can find it. Well, Let's wasn't see. this well, all he, started well, because was, of Candace Owens? Well, yeah. So I think like he 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 made a tweet about how he he liked Candace Owens. So um, anyone know fully yeah, what she is? So, like who yeah, she represents? Candace Owens. Owens. She goes by Red Pill Black. Um, okay, yeah. She was a notorious sort of liberal left leaning person that um, just kind of through her own experiences have just kind of I don't want to say woke up, but she had her own version of waking Epiphany. up or whatever. Epiphany. There you go. And just kind of shift sides. Um, she's been on a, a many number of podcasts. I know she's been on Dave Rubin's podcast. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so Kanye West is just kind of saying, you know, hey, I like what this girl's thinking. And, and, you know, I like I like where she's coming from. And then he went on to 
some trying to find the that original tweet yeah, um, wait, i'm waiting for kanye to stumble on thomas soul and jordan peterson give it time and, give it time and uh, yeah some of these big guys you're, you're waiting for that libertarian voice and <laughs> I, I really hope it happens because this is like a, this is a great igniting moment you know for people because a lot of people follow yeah. these guys like, well that, that's what i thought was interesting is when you have somebody like kanye come out and say something like this especially Especially in his group of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a uh, um, in in the minority class of America, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he's also a celebrity, which is in uh, a, another class of itself. Mm-hmm. And he's also a incredibly influential musician. Mm-hmm. Like, incre- I mean, he's got a huge brand and all. So he's got so many different little aspects to him that I think make him... Is about Kanye? Yeah, that make him a unique figure for being that voice that says, hey, you know, just because I'm this group does not mean I need to think like this group. I think like an individual. Now, and I think this is an important thing to say in today. Like, th- we talked about I, in our I, last I, episode is... is being judged individually is way more important than being judged as a group. Yeah, I just want to, I just want to, I'm not, this is my own personal opinion and I'm tossing it out there, but I mean, I've never been really one to sort of just like prop up these celebrities and be like, yeah. oh, these are, you know, these are such profound people. These are the and, sages of and our these, age. These I'm are, with yeah, you, 100%, and, but so, and so like, many I still don't give a shit do. about Kanye. I think he's, I think he says some really stupid things and I'm not really a big fan I'm of skeptical. him. I'm uh, skeptical. But, but I mean, I agree with some things he says. I mean, some, some of the stuff that he did mention I agree with, but like, at the end of the day, he's still a celebrity. I really don't care. He's not. Absolutely. He's not some big, profound like symbol of America or but, whatever. But he has you, so much you power. Are, you have counted sentence. out how many people disagree with you and do worship the ground that Kanye walk, walks on. Well, and I don't know the, if they do anymore. <laughs> well, I, I think he, if anything, he's creating an uh, a thought or a seed that he's planted in somebody's mind mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be to this question way. something. And and that is interesting to me. Yeah, um, it could be a very small percentage of those people. But that's just enough to get the to start the next fire. I and guess. I guarantee you that, I mean, he's not saying anything profoundly crazy. No, he's just saying some like really moderate stuff. And <laughs> he's literally just saying I can think for myself. Right. Like, yeah, and people it? are like, and no, 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 get back in line. You can't. <laughs> you're, that, if you're going to be a Democrat liberal, you have to think this way. Isn't I, that so crazy? How America has become so tribal, and that's just yeah. how hive minded we've become. Yeah, it's just. Well, I think it's kind of in a sense, it's bigotry of low expectations in yeah. a sense. It's like, oh, well, you have to like, you have to fall in line here or yeah. or you, there's something wrong with you. Like, <laughs> and that plays on our primal need yeah. of being in the in group, of being in a group rather. He also said this, free thinkers don't fear retaliation for your thoughts. The traditional thinkers are only using thoughts and words, but they are in a mental prison. You are free. You've already won. Feel energized. Move in love, not fear. Be afraid of nothing. That's, that's nice. Yeah. Those are he's nice su- words. He's such a poet. Oh, no. He's such a poet. <laughs> what do we yeah, got? I here? was just looking for some other You're, ones. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Well, I'm, do- I'm done with, yeah, I'm yeah, done we're with good. Kanye West. <laughs> so, well, that's the news for the last week or so. Uh, <laughs> Is this a new segment? Kanye, wa- Kanye Watch 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye Watch. Our, our, our daily Kanye profile. <laughs> But yeah, now that we've, uh, I mean, it's 2018, so it's typical news nowadays, I guess, but yeah. Well, let's get to the topic of the night. So uh, our, our episode is The Great Experiment. We uh, just get it out. Let's all get it out right now. America, fuck yeah. Coming <laughs> around to save the motherfucking day, yeah. All right. Yeah, that was a genius song. All right. Never. Um, wait, we got to do it again. So the, I didn't, the, the fireworks didn't go off. 
Oh, it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> Should just play the clip real quick. Uh, <laughs> uh, just that so way we can just appease everybody. Yeah. No. So, what is the Great Experiment, and and how did we get here, or or what what, co- or where where did that term, where did it come from? Kind of it, it, I guess where did it? If originate? you're asking me where um, who the first person that well, no, called no, us no. the Great Experiment is, I've got not a clue. <laughs> I think it was, it was a French a, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just interesting that like what America is and where we started is why we were called the great experiment but but what what do you think was the root of it so the idea so human history has been like the political structures of human civilizations major all major civilizations has been you have a hierarchy of power where the power at the top controls the, the subjects at the bottom so you have the feudal system pretty much has been ruled has ruled humanity for since the dawn of time in all different shapes and sizes so now the, the great experiment is the idea that, oh, maybe the subjects can elect their own rulers into power and regulate how those rulers interact with the, I guess, the whole system as it is. So like America, limited government. Uh, let's see. You know, you have that rebellious idea of having your own uh, personal liberty, individual freedoms, uh, that wasn't appointed to you by a ruler uh, and allowed to you by a ruler. It was allowed to you by God initially, the creator, the unalienable rights of the Bill of Rights were profoundly given to you by, you know, the Christian creator or whatever God. Yeah, yeah. Be careful, be careful with the Christian part. Well, well, most people don't understand that all of our founders were pretty much theists. There was a few Christians, but most of them were just theists. They believed in a higher power a creator but not the christian yahweh or christian god of uh but it's the laws of nature well, you, you asked them alabama folks they got my <laughs> something to say different about that but yeah, yeah the fundamental principles were because they it was the uh, was it the protestants that came over from uh great britain and europe to settle america initially or as most people will say now postmodernists will say they the oppressors came to oppress the native peoples, <laughs> and we can talk about that a little bit more. That idea too. Like, well, I mean, you just said a lot there to unpack. Oh yeah. <laughs> so let's let's start from the beginning of that. Uh, <laughs> let's reel that back to the first sentence he said. Okay. <laughs> so one of the things that I think is is in- incredibly uh, important to what America's experiment was is that what you were saying is there's n- there's no real like class system. There's no or, or it, it doesn't say that the ruler rules over these these subjects, right? That we started with like the Bill of Rights or the Magna um, Carta, rather. Well, I I, th- I think the the biggest paradigm shift was uh, before the United States happened. It was m- more or less seen as the ruling party is granting you these rights, and yeah. you have those rights because I granted them to you. And they were appointed versus, by some by God. And, yes, and those that sort of establishment or that sort of my power originated because God gave it to me, mm-hmm. and then I, you know, give you rights. It's the bloodline or the, um, the power structure. Yeah. So where that paradigm shift came was now the United States was saying, no, 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 no. We have these rights no matter what. You can't take them away, and everybody's got them. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, we could argue at the well, point what everybody meant back then, but uh, generally speaking every common person had these rights regardless. They weren't granted by any one particular person and they cannot be taken away. Yeah, so you had people in, say, Great Britain where they were ruled by the king. Uh, 
they're just like, the, well, I guess the idea sparked from the idea of individual separation of church and state, the idea of having their own religious sovereignty in another place that they could call their own. Though I think, you know, well, most people say America was based on commerce coming over to create a, every individual had an economic purpose in yep. the greater scheme of things. And a freedom of economics and religious and social uh, privileges, I guess. Well, sp- speaking of freedom, I just kind of wanted to point out uh, just to the listeners that we're, we're going to really try not to dive too deep into sort of the freedom aspect of this conversation um, because last week or two, two weeks, weeks ago, ago, rather, uh, our episode was on freedom and the philosophies of freedom and, and kind of our opinions on that. So if you want to check all that stuff out, go back to the previous episode and, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll join you back here. Um, but yeah, so we're going to try not to, uh, we're going to try to avoid, avoid some of that. Another thing we could talk about is how the power you were saying that the power came from God and they came into these, you know, powerful people and then it, it trickled down to the people and that was ruled over those people. Now we have the experiment is we divide that power into branches and that has never happened. Checks and balances Checks is, yes. was, was a fundamental concept, um, a new concept within the United States and arguably it's what's led to many of the successes that we've mm-hmm. had. It's sort of like there are three sort of branches of government that we have, you know, the law creators, you know, the executive branch, and then the judicial branch that are separate from each one uh, of each other, but they they provide sort of a checks and balance system so that no one branch can have too much power. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I, I have two points to this. that uh, One I'm going to follow up with later uh, when I ask some future follow-up questions, but the first one is the checks and balances that you're mentioning that, that's interesting uh, is our founding fathers or the, the creators of the, the kind of country of the experiment that we were trying was that they really didn't like democracy. Like the democracy was so had so many flaws in the majority rule mm-hmm. and they created that the constitution in its raw form to try and maintain or try and uh, put boundaries that we, that would help protect democracy and things like the electoral college and, um, other systems were set up, and we set up these three major branches of government to kind of weigh the balance of that scale a little bit. Um, but I, I have some thoughts of go- going forward where we've gone gone now um, that we'll, we'll get to probably a little later in the show. But I I think that was one of the the key pieces to what what makes us an experiment is that we were trying to create a limited version of a large country or a large government and it's something that's never really been done successfully every government has usually been a pretty powerful huge control over its people or um, a huge force over its people and the the going back to like the bill of rights and uh, the magna carta kind of philosophy of america it was something that everyone wanted to fight for but we also still needed some kind of order and we tried to do everything we could to protect that and it went on for a few centuries, probably two centuries, where I think we were running perfectly in that machine. And we've kind of changed. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, we've completely changed because we learn things as sort of things happen. So mm-hmm. as 
as people discover loopholes in laws or try to get around it and in other ways where we decide, oh, okay, so here's the law and here's how it states, but we didn't think of this is how someone's going to try to circumvent that law, so now here's going to be this new law to stop that from happening. So also another point I was just thinking about, this just came to my mind. Think about the word experiment and how it relates to science. When you do an experiment, you're, you're testing the unknown because it's something you've un, you're, mm-hmm. you're uh, trying to figure out. So that's what America also is. It's that idea that human beings can, uh, can venture into the unknown and adapt to it. And that's why it's completely different from other societies where everything's kind of pre-planned out and most like the, the people in power can kind of just gauge on what's going to happen. Whereas over here, we have to adapt to every new thing that comes to us. So for example, like nowadays, the Constitution, I would say, would probably have to be adapted, and it has been through amendments, but adapted to a modern age where the basic principles and values that were held back then from the founders' era are completely different than the average Joe nowadays. Because the average Joe, the makeup of the average Joe in America then and now is completely different. So that we we hold different values. Than w- so, for example, like the whole idea of um, European settlers coming in. European settlers were all had a central, I guess, base foundational value system, you know, church, religion, blah, blah, blah. But now you have people from China, Africa, all coming from different cultures, different backgrounds, different societies, different political spectrums, too. Well, I think that's that's one of the interesting things about the experiment is no other country has really let so many different ideas and cultures Mm -hmm. into one area and be allowed to maintain those cultures Mm -hmm. or principles. I, I mean, if you go into any major civilization it's always been okay we've got you you are now what we are and it's similar we'll, or leave we'll, we'll, yeah we'll yeah. destroy you yeah and they, they'd go into you know, it's uh, one nation would conquer another they destroy everything in its history mm-hmm. uh, i mean they try and wipe that culture off the map and instill its culture well uh, i mean that's kind of what we did so if we get to the idea of like the european settlers settling on native american lands i mean History has always been written by the conqueror. That's just a, a, a terrible fact yeah. of life. Yeah. But you know what we did later when we had settled, like for like example, the Trail of Tears, Andrew Jackson, all that that era. That really is the dark side of America that we do need to understand that it is it's part of our history, though. And not it to is, mention slavery too. On yeah, top slavery. Of that. No, no, like, no, slavery. Like, major one. Yeah. Like, I mean, I try to shy away from saying like oh the way that we used to do things back in the found like that was just like the perfect country because no <laughs> no no there was a lot of stuff that we were doing back then that was not good um so like i was mentioning um you know where i was saying like everyone has these una- and, and inalienable rights mm-hmm. but i mean not everyone did though no what was the definition of everyone at that per- at yes. that point in time like women couldn't vote obviously we had slavery of you know black people and you know the treatment of Native American of Native Americans, sometimes just the treatment of other foreigners throughout our history, even you know, in the Irish in much in later York times and in Irish, life, Chinese, the Irish, the Chinese, the Japanese internment camps that we had during World War II, like we've done some pretty pretty messed up stuff throughout history. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean we have to sort of you know pay for throw it. the baby out with the bathwater, right? Right. Um, it's it's just I don't think that I should be. I think we should be careful as far as not to sort of idolize or 
sort of picture of the way that things were done in the past was like just the perfect way to do it. And that's yeah. the only way it mm-hmm. should be done. Well, mm-hmm. that's, that's the great part of the experiment. I think is what you're pointing out is that we're evolving. We change, we grow, we, we learn, we fail, we, we find a new way. We constantly, constantly, constantly have change. And I think that's what one of the great things about our country. But would you say that we've kind of lost that spark of trying, that curiosity of pushing ourselves into unknown boundaries? Absolutely. Well, I don't know about that because, I mean, it depends on what boundaries you want to be pushed well, in. Oh, yeah, it's true. Like, so, I mean, socially right this now. Whole, oh, God, this yeah. whole idea of gender and gender identity being set, that's a whole new that's boundary for, for people, though. That's true. But that's, that true. that's pushing pushing the I, I, the, the boundaries of... I don't know culture and ideology. I guess to me, that's the, it's the only place that it could happen is here in America. Well, is that these ideas could be challenged the way they are challenged, and I don't think that there's uh, a. I don't think it's bad to do. I think it's part of the. I, I get. I okay. I see what you're saying. Like, and I get that. I actually like that. That that changes my kind of answer. Was when I was saying absolutely. I think this is part of the change of our experiment. Um, but my, I guess my concerns are that we've fallen away from the basis of of like hey we're gonna do things differently and we're gonna do things our way and uh, we've changed more socially but as far as like the the standard of like the political sphere of our country we've we have so many people in this country that just are like we are, uh, you know, we should be more like this country or we, we should be more like that country. And uh, it just doesn't work that way here is that we, I think we need that. It, it, I, I do think we need to go back and look at time and say, hey, this is what we were and this is why this was important. And these are values that we should still have. And maybe we didn't do things the best in the past, but here's how we can implement that today. And here's how we can go back to these ideas I mentioned that on the last episode. We need to have a sort of like a renaissance of ideals. So, for example, the Roman Empire, the late Roman Empire, was uh, technology, social, all everything that's happening in America right now is reminiscent of the late Roman Empire. Where at one point, the, after it had hit that peak where the renaissance was just about to hit, the reason why it hit is because they they all everyone was just kind of like, okay, this is happening way too fast. No one really knows what their identity is as like society in this greater society. So let's let's look back on history and try and so what they did is like they they reinterpreted Plato, they deciphered all of his stuff, and they went back to the old values to adapt them to how we can try and predict what's going to happen in the future. Well, one thing that I think recently in our modern times that we're seeing that n- not seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, other than like technological advances and stuff like that, obviously, but like one sort of shift of the world that we're seeing that's never been seen before is just this sort of globalism and globalist society mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and how everyone's sort of looking at it, it's like, you know, not necessarily we're all one, but we're all kind of in this together in some ways. And so I think, and that's that's what sometimes leads people to maybe say, hey, you know, the way that they're doing it over there, it's not that we have to do it that way, but maybe we can just take that one particular idea and maybe figure out how to make yeah. make that happen here. Whether you agree with the particular idea or not is is another conversation, but I think that's what's leading to a lot of people um, uh, sort of just looking at outside sort of perspectives or maybe not sort of only viewing this as like, okay, fuck everybody else. Let's just worry about the United States and the way the, and what we're doing rather than saying, well, look, they're what they're doing. I don't like that. I don't like that. But I do like that. So let's see. How, let's see if we could try to maybe fit that in here. Like, how would that look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where um, 
I, I guess I'll kind of roll back things a little bit, but I think that we have a, an amazing land of opportunity. And I think that's the, the key of our experience, our, our experiment, uh, excuse me, um, that we have more immigrants trying to get into this country than in, in, into any other country right now. Like everyone wants to come here still to this day. And it's always, it historically, has, America has been a, a, uh, a key place to escape to and to get, give yourself a chance or an opportunity to do something different. And uh, I think it's been an important part of our history, and I think that everyone is given a fair playing ground. And I, I do feel, and there are great arguments to why it's not fair for everybody in some place, shape, or form, but I think equal opportunity is, uh, we're one of the closest in the world to giving you an equal opportunity to come from nothing and to have something. Uh, and I think a lot of the, the rest of the world has kind of always been a little different when it comes to this. And, and this is why we're like the, 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 the hot bed for immigrants. Would you say, this is just another thought I just popped in my head. Would you say that people, when they say that, oh, we should take these things from this country and these values from that country, do you think they're just tired of consumerism, tired of materialism, tired of just the facade that it gives to people's lives? Like the idea that we have to buy ourselves into happiness and buy ourselves into this illusion that we're living a moral and just life. And they see it in other countries where they don't value materialism as highly as like say for example like over in Europe I know where they value more f family traditions and whatnot so it's a longing for the traditional uh, way about it so like for example like the uh, I'd say more of the, like the right side like the Trump like for the reason why Trump was might have been elected is because they they long for that time period like the 50s and the the era of the nuclear family the era of you know religious values and core community values do you, well, you, do you think people long for that again I, possibly maybe not because uh, yeah. i mean if we did we would have that um yeah. like this idea like i can understand the history of how religion's been so tied to sort of our culture and our society um i don't think it's so much anymore i don't see a problem with that um i mean i'm not a religious person mm -hmm. um i don't think that i think for some people that's a great part of their life and, and by all means do your thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it has to sort of be an integral, integrated, sort of within the fabric of the society kind of It doesn't of thing. have to be I now, but it's saying it was, and they long for that. I just think that. people want the right to be able to do what they feel makes them happy, and this yeah. is the closest place to get that. I, I, if, I think it, we'll if it is that, then yes, they can find it here. If it, is, if it is that they just want to escape economic issues and find economic prosperity, maybe it's that. If it's, if it's uh, you know... Um, uh, a government that can is, is destroying their lives or their country, then yeah, maybe it's that. Like there's a, a hundreds of reasons why they could would want to come. Well, here. I'm not talking about people that want to come here. I'm talking about people just in general. Or just there's like a there's like a sense of of uh, I, I can't think. Of, hold on one second, Travis. One second. Uh, there's like a sense of just tired of like we use the word woke. People are becoming more woke to the idea that consumerism is not the end all be all of a great life you know and did you want to add to that Travis yeah I mean one thing I'm not saying this is what you're trying to do yeah. but it's it's very hard to generalize oh, of course the population of the 325 million people that live in this country you but just google that number maybe I'm 
just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's one of the biggest differences between the age of our forefathers and the age that we live in nowadays is that I feel like if you lived back then, it would have been a lot easier to generalize the public. I feel like now in this age of globalization that we live in, it's people are finding themselves in even more segmented and segmented groups. And it's very, very difficult to appeal to all of those groups. And sure. I think that's one of the biggest, again, biggest differences between the, our forefathers age and the age we live in now. So that brings me to a well, question. Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say a, a couple things. Um, one thing that I think that we all should be careful because we kind of talk about it often is like, you know, we talk about that sort of like that tight knit, smaller community kind of mm -hmm. thing. But that still doesn't necessarily mean that tribalism will go away. Like you can still very much have tribalism within that sort of idealistic, you know, I care about my local community kind of thing. Because then it's like, nah, fuck your community. My community's better. Like what we're doing and the way that we think is the right way and what you're doing and what you think is the wrong way. The difference is there's, in my ideal world, is that would be based on non-aggression principles. That's no. those communities. So you wouldn't have that tribalism in a sense. Yeah, but I mean... You could just this leave. But it's a fact of life that friction happens between people. That's true. No, no, that's true. No, I'm not completely discounting that, but I that, But I think, well, I was going to say, the, the second thing I was going to say as far as this idea of like kind of looking back and seeing sort of like, you know, I guess this nostalgic kind of, kind of time. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you have to look back like what world events were occurring back then. Like, so, you know, World War II had just ended, mm -hmm. you know, that sort of psyche and sort of the way that society was, you know, the economy was bustling and everything was moving Your and then like... Money. And then everybody came back realizing how fragile life was. And, mm -hmm. like, it was just, like, carefree, just, like, you know, whatever, man. The hippie movement. Not necessarily sense. just the hippie yeah. movement, but I'm talking about, like, the 50s, um, where it was, you know, the, the baby boomers and whatnot. Everything was just come back, you know, you know, th those fathers were out in war. You know, those young sons, you know, didn't have their family. So now it was very much more family-centric. And I think that sort of, sort of thing has, whether you think it's good or bad, has just fa fizzled out. Uh, just through time, through natural time. And it's not that I don't think people don't see an importance of family. I think a lot of people still do see an importance well, of family. Well, I also, I could add to that saying there's probably, like most people are unconsciously aware of the burden of debt we are in. Like, I, And yeah. I think it really does play have a mental, uh, I guess, hindrance on a, a majority of people. Like the trillions in dollars. You're talking about the country's debt. Yeah, the country's debt. I mean, yeah. I per I mean, I don't know about you guys. I don't personally walk through my daily life thinking. No, no, you, <gasps> so I that's why I said unconscious. Two. No, no, I don't give a no, no, no. But you, you see it in the degradation of society itself. The way the culture is going. The way the the messages that are being put out. It's I, I wouldn't necessarily chalk that up to the debt. I, I'd say it plays a major role. I'd but say it. It's one of those things that that simmer at the bottom. Like if you think bottom. like I think if you went around and asked everybody on the street like. I you said would, unconscious. You would, you would get. I said it's it simmers at the bottom of your unconscious. It just kind of like lingers there. It's there in the background, just kind of like in the periphery. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. I think I think I think when you would, if, I mean, because you can still analyze your subconscious consciously. So I think if you were to ask people, you know, hey, do you ever think like I think most people will obviously say, yeah, that's a concern we should probably address at some point. But like, I don't think really people I give just, a shit, man. Like. The, like my well, daily life is not affected by the debt. I mean, I'm like kind of in, in it. like in like I'm concerned with like my personal finances and stuff like that. Like I know that uh, the national debt's a growing problem. I know that's there, but like it's such a it's such a distant thing from like what's immediately in front of me that concerns me. And that's why my I life. think this is that's the most scary thought. It's most people just ah, 
It's just debt has no meaning to anything. Well, I think the reason why is because I'm not the one that spent all that fucking money. Well, no, no, that's what I'm saying. But it's it still affects all of us. It will eventually. Yeah, I mean, I think it, 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 it is woven within some of the sort of issues that we have maybe economically. That's what I'm saying. That's like what I'm that, trying to say. It's like a web. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of swerving the conversation Go a little ahead. bit. But I, I want to get to, do you think that this experiment is, so the, when they claim that the, this is in a, uh, the great experiment, there's a lot of skepticism on will this experiment work? Do you think it has worked? In doing what? That that completely do, do, it completely depends on your definition of success. Okay, yeah. do you, Travis. Well, I think you gotta. Add, I think the bigger question to ask is like, what are we trying to experiment on? Well, what are like, you What, what is, are you measuring that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, what are we What are we trying to measure exactly? I mean, if we're talking about, okay, we have a country that's lasted 200-something years, yeah, okay, cool, I call that okay. a success. That's uh, not very long. In the you, well, of yeah, course, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it didn't fail in the first five years. Right. You know, well, it's still going, so, so I would consider it the fact that it's okay, still well, going to be a success. My, my answer, I guess, to answer my own question would be no, it hasn't worked, is that the experiment was the things that we started talking about is this limited government, this, like, small centralized government allowing states to have their own laws and allowing the the people to have their rights and to have more freedom and more liberty and more open um, uh, choice in the world and how you live your life. And I feel like we've drifted further and further and further and further and further away from this is that we've kept we and this is why our founding fathers, no matter what they 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 wanted, were afraid of democracy. Is that they thought that the Constitution could help that, but they all thought democracy was going to fail. And I almost agree with them. Is that we have continuously handed our powers over and over and over again to a centralized government, and now we've got this huge central government that runs the the whole country. And we when we should be running it locally, or we should be doing it. Uh, in smaller groups, and this is why I personally think that we failed. In that, in order to fix a lot of the c- the problems that we have in this country, and we were talking about partisanship earlier, and all these things, is that we have to s- we have to divide this country. Is the only way I think that we're going to be able to be able to manage. Might want to reword how you divide yeah, this country. Yeah, it's not no, okay. Possible. Separate certain areas of the country. I I don't know how you want to say worse it. Word. I don't, yeah. I, <laughs> I think that was worse. Like, Go back to divide. I, I think. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Explain what you yeah. mean by that. Because that there, sounds really bad. Yeah. I think that. Uh, country, state, uh, yeah, states will secede. I think that it's the best thing for us. I think that. Are you calling for a goddamn civil war again? No, I don't think it needs to the be. Traitor. I, I think there's no way we're paying back these debts. There's no way we're we're agreeing on everything. I mean, half this country thinks that one half of the country is the devil, and the other half thinks the other half of the country is or the degenerates. Nazis. <laughs> right? Like we 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 have, we have such a polarized system, and I I I don't think. That's a, definitely a generalization. It's definitely a generalization. Like, there's a lot of centralist people in the world or in this country, but I think that the only hope that we have is to go back and start re chalking up this country. What are we? How do we find what we are? Going back to some of the things we mentioned in the last episode on, like, maybe, you know, this state becomes a more free state and starts to reanalyze the, the things that our, our father, founding fathers wanted uh, out of this country, but, you know, doing it in a modern time and, and rewriting constitutions and still acknowledging the Bill of Rights and your unalienable rights and things that are really important to humanity, um, but stepping away from these huge just monopolies of the state. 
I was just going to say a quick quote from John Adams. Liberty cannot be preserved without a general knowledge among the people, said John Adams. And Thomas Jefferson declared, whenever the people are well informed, they can be trusted with their own government. The boys of the rising generation are to be men of the next and the sole guardians of the principles we deliver over to them. That's what that's how you solve this problem is education, education, educating the next generation that will be in those hallways of Congress it, on Capitol Hill, declaring and making all of the. the well, that's where the big question comes, though. If you like, to me, I think it's such an empty thing just to say, "Oh, education." Okay, well, what education? Like, what lessons will you teach them? The and then, hold on, would you say that it's therefore who who dictates who dictates what that education is going to be from what perspective? Because if it's like, oh, the education of what the founding fathers were. Okay, well, what if we don't agree with them anymore? True. That's a good point. Like, so who, like is, that's the but. But the truth is the truth. I mean, so if if you if if it speaks to a lot of people, then typically you're in the. I think you're yeah. In but the some ballpark. people. I mean, some people on the other side don't necessarily agree with a small government. Well, this is where I think the f- the the failures of our uh, experiment are is that we've we've gave the reason a lot of these people think this way is they've grown up in generations of state-run education and just state-run or just the, the they they have grown up believing that the government is there to fix things for them or be their savior. So, I mean, I agree I with some of the things that you're saying in that, you know, there is this divide that seems to be widening in the country. But, I mean, I think that's one of the great things of this experiment is that we have these multiple viewpoints to these issues and that we aren't killing each other in the streets over it. I mean, I'm not saying have it's... Have you been to Chicago? I'm just kidding. <laughs> But I, I think that that's one of the greatest um, things that we need to preserve in this country is that ability to come together even though we disagree. Like that's that that's the that to me is the experiment. Like, so I, I'm just pulling a quote from a Forbes article that's um, talking about how they think that the experiment has been a failure, and it's uh, it's hard to think of other examples in history where so many checks and balances were placed upon centralized political power. And it is also impossible to think of a more dangerous and powerful government than the modern American Le- Leviathan. The abysmal failure of such a noble experiment should give us all moralist pause. It is the smallest possible government has grown into the largest conceivable government within a few hundred years. It is hard to imagine what kind of theoretical system could conceivably control state growth in the future. So they're saying like that the, the experiment was that we tried to limit the size of a state growing and the experiment failed because no matter what we did it's grown and it's grown and it's grown faster than ever in history and we made this experiment about controlling government and that was what was unique about the 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 american ideal um kind of the 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 true experiment was that we were going to control the state and it just to me it's a failure because we have not we've completely gone the opposite direction of it and that we went from the smallest to the largest government in the in the world in less than a few hundred years but is that what freedom entails that again that depends yeah. on who yeah. you ask yeah like is that is that the price of freedom having a like well, a near free government is just, it just grows in per, per, uh, in perpetuity yeah i mean is it is it even possible is that even possible and to have? Well, what they're saying is that like especially when you're talking about a population of what what was it three 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 hundred twenty five yeah i mean is it so, possible to have a super small government with that many and, people and that is why i think we need to divide because it's too large it's it's become too hard to be able to get uh so you're saying there's too many perspectives sounds like treason to me 
to take into account, right? Yeah. It's just too much. And we try and boil it down to a two-party system, and we try well, and boil a, it down a, to um, the Electoral College, and then there's that's the, a major the problem voting. There. The voting system is all screwed, you know, like that. It just, it just doesn't work, I don't think, uh, the size that we have. So I disagree a little bit in that we need to split up or divide or what have you. I think that the states themselves need to be given more power. I think that was one of the original intentions of the experiment is that the structure of our government was intended so that you have these individual provinces that could experiment new laws. And if they end up working, like, you know, legalizing marijuana. In I was Colorado, just going to say that's that's um, no more evident than the current right. sort of climate of legal marijuana. And that shows its success in that smaller environment, thus proving that it needs to be adopted at the federal level. And I think that's one major thing we've gotten away from is that balance of power between the states and the federal government. To, well, me, to me, the whole marijuana thing just brings sort of hope to this idea of, you know, taking power away from that federal government if, you know, if it sees, if, you know, the people see it fit. Is that like, leave it up to the states to decide? Yeah, but every state has such different needs in res of resources, of economic okay. uh, problems and whatnot. So it's, no, I totally agree that it should be up to the state to to uh, figure out what they need, but to say that it should go to the federal level and be dictated across all of them—that's what I'm. Dis that's no, this was this I'm one. Saying. Saying. No, yeah. I'm adding on. Oh, I'm adding okay, on. Okay. Not disagreeing. It's, it with sounded anybody. like a counter. No, 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 no. I'm just at, like I'm just adding on to agreement to that. So uh, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. So continue on. <laughs> I, I think that is uh, a beautiful thing about our our government, and that's what it should be like in practice but i feel as a whole we have almost gotten too far away and there's little victories here and there but the victories aren't grand enough to uh, they're not what alex wants no no it's, <laughs> not, it's not that it's that like yes okay we have a, a few states that that get to practice little things here and there which i think is the the, the point and it should be this way but i we have literally just like Congress in, is, keeps handing power to the executive just every day. But, we I mean, hand more power we could it. potentially be at the point of the the limits of the rubber band where it's going to pop back. Like, I mean, we're seeing it. Yes, it's. I mean, that's why I'm. Rome I, wasn't built in the day. Mm. Um, you know, things take time. You know, that rubber band kind of coming back towards the middle. That's going to take some time. And it's like there's some stuff that's within our current sort of climate of this united of this country it's it's what's happening i mean medical medical marijuana with the states you're seeing people slowly and slowly realize hey if we're going to give more power to the government then when a political party that i don't like is in charge they also have that power mm -hmm. and then so like they're kind of saying well maybe then we should just not give that power then so that way you know yeah it's nice that when i'm in power you know my political party has the power but when i'm not in power the opposite has the power, and I don't like the opposite having the power. So, like, I think we're slowly getting to that point. People are, I mean, people are fed up with the two-party system. I mean, that's that's a growing sentiment throughout the, you know, the average population. So, like, maybe we're reaching a point to where, you know, we're going to come back a little bit. Okay, and I'll, um, I'm going to tag on. So We'll tag on it. Maybe. maybe <laughs> oh, you got sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe it isn't that we need to divide, but maybe it's the states need to pressure the federal government that they will divide. Maybe they need to grow some balls. And th these states will both say... Both female and male th ones. These states are going to say, okay, we are sick and tired of this. We're sick and tired of it, and I'm not 
going to abide by this. Well, you're, in, you're in, even seeing states like doing things hmm, that I disagree. You know what with. that sounds but like. You're, but you're literally <laughs> but, you're literally seeing this play out in, in one you know so, in a limited manner with the medical yeah. marijuana thing. Like yeah, you're exactly. seeing you're you, seeing you states like you you're seeing states finish. like Colorado's whose population is just booming. Let me finish. I mean, there's even states doing things that I don't agree with. But if that's what the state wants, I support that they do that. Like you know, California wanted to. Um, uh, uh, oh my God! Uh, socialize health. Uh, if they want to be able to try and do that and experiment with that, th- fine. Fuck it. Let them do it. Speaking but of, sep- it shouldn't be put on to the central government's uh, bill. You know, it shouldn't be that the. the well, what's that? Well, so I'm. I'm sorry. I just want to add on to this yeah. point real quick. Like, let's pretend California perfect world finds the way to socialize yeah. healthcare, and it's clearly going to work at a federal level you don't think that should be adopted if they find i guess what i'm getting at is no what, a social be adopted at the federal no, level so i don't think marijuana should be a federal level thing i don't think this the government should have ever made it an illegal thing first well, what i would because that's the problem is the federal government got involved and said it is an illegal thing well, but you're and now the states are having to fight back for these rights and it, what it should have been is if a state said they don't want marijuana in their state then that state should have made it a the best that's way we'll adopt it too. That's what I'm getting and at. And then is. the country, by and large, adopts it. But then, let's say in 20, 30 years, when you know things might be a different, you know, a, a different society, then they have the freedoms to say, okay, maybe we found an even better way to do it. And th- that's exactly what I'm getting at with my marijuana comment right there. Is like, look, you just it, didn't it, say that though. But th- it shouldn't have been. A, that's why the the marijuana is a different kind of thing. Is because just it's federally high, been controlled. It's federally being controlled, and in social and in, in healthcare, it shouldn't be a federal issue to me. It, when, once it becomes a, a national thing, we have problems. But if if California gets it to work, and Texas decides, okay, they got it to work, let's follow suit and do it. Great. If Texas can do it, then they, they do it. But it should never be forced upon every state because it's different. I, I agree state. with that. I don't. I don't believe it should be forced. Yeah, I, but that's what our, that. that's where I'm saying but our failures are is that we force things nationally across every state when it should the, the, very the, well be a local state by state thing. And and I don't think we would need to have secessions of different states if the states truly stood their fucking ground and said. I am going to do me in my state, and this is how it should be, and we're going to run it this way. And if it fails, it fails, and we'll feel we'll feel the problem, not the federal government. Well, the problem with that is, yeah. I guess they were threatening to pull funding from sanctuary yeah. cities, right? Like, I, but this is where I, I think, like, if you have to subsidize something, the government has to get involved. It shouldn't exist. And this is where, in a, a more more open, true marketplace, a lot of these programs and a lot of the things we're doing, one at first, there's random problems with where our money is going and why we have so many problems. And I think a lot of these simple issues that we would be okay for, we would have no problem funding in state and local areas if we could get rid of some of the like national issues with like the welfare state, the military industrial complex, these huge just leeches on our, on our income that are, that are killing the states. And that's why one state has to get funded by the federal government to siphon money off of another state because one state doesn't have that many people running welfare in it and the other state has millions running welfare in it. And so you, you have to give money to that state because the people in this state are having to support this state because they don't have enough people to support each other. And, and these things would have failed if it were a state-by-state basis. And then we would have learned in those experiments Th- this doesn't work like this, and we shouldn't do it this way because it's obviously a failing idea. Well, bringing it back to your treasonous statements of separation, <laughs> um, 
Have you guys been reading or have you guys seen the 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 articles kind of coming out where California's wanting to split up? Yeah. Two different oh, states yeah, or maybe I've three read states. Those, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess a lot of the. I mean, I, I I'm not trying to necessarily this not necessarily meant to bash on you know a political party, but it's no secret that California is a super liberal left leaning state, um, and a lot of the conservatives within that state are getting just completely fed up with basically having no voice within that state. So they're they're potentially wanting to sort of separate. Well, I mean, secede, create a new state. Yeah, if you go to like Northern California, it's well, like a it's like a mini Texas. Like well, it's, it's so it's far dairy, like, like blue collar, like well, California is so big oh, that yeah. it's un. I I feel like it would be unreasonable to expect that you know the person living in North California is the same way of life and same value system maybe as somebody in the southern st- part of the state. Right. I don't know. No, I think you're right. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting when, when you're talking about you know trees. And I, stuff. I think the interesting part about that, just to go off on a little bit of a tangent, is like if they break it up into two or three parts, and what sort of like political representation comes out of those parts. You know, like wouldn't would it be it, wouldn't it be kind of be funny and well tragic in a way if they like let's say they separate into three states and then all three states end up being super liberal. And right. Should, it's like full well, fuck. There was no point in that. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 well, I, I think we had a really good debate there, though, on uh, why I... I wasn't I really debating, but... Well, not, not a debate, but I, I think the conversation was good because I, I think that goes right to the point of, of what made this the great experiment is that it, it was that limited central government. And that is what I think is the key. If I had to put it in one sentence, what was the great experiment? A grand nation with a limited central power. And I think that's why my definition of the answer would be it's a f- thus far been failing. And I don't, and I am an optimist. And I you think, don't sound the, like it. I, I think it, we're not, we weren't heading the right direction. But in the sense of my optimism is that either secessions will happen or the secessions will pressure the federal government to release powers. I don't think, I don't think, se- yeah, I don't think secessions will happen because, like, w- I mean, Look how it went the first time. Well, uh, I, didn't really go very well, and I don't know. I just don't think but they, they did get things that they wanted. They they fought for s- some serious state rights issues. Now, yes, one of those problems was slavery. Yeah, I was like, please don't um, deny that the Civil War and, was about and, slavery because it definitely was. No, and yes, there was a big problem there, but you know th- th- that is a whole other problem. I don't want to. Well, go I'm just down, saying, like, I just don't think the, I don't think secession will happen. States' rights issues that they were fighting for still. They still got. That's absolutely truth. I'm not. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that you're denying it, but slavery was probably the major one. But there was also tons of other like tariff problems. There was tons of interstate problems, and that yeah. pressured the federal government to go. Okay, yeah. well, we will acknowledge these issues, and if we if we're going to become one again and become that one America, we have to come to some agreement. And one of those big agreements was you're not going to have slaves and we won't tariff you the way that we've been doing. Um, so yeah, I've just, I, I think that this idea, way of life as I, well. I, too. I just think the ideas of secession and not necessarily actually taking place, but the idea of threatening the federal government that goes, okay, we have a problem with this and we're going to put our foot down on this and you need to figure something else out. Um, and enough States doing it, would eventually pressure that that power to start releasing itself again. I think the only way that's and I'm only gonna I mean I'm having to just go off what's happened recently. Like I think the only way that's gonna happen is that that like because if you go out and you poll people on what their views of medical marijuana are, most of them are like fuck it, legalize it, I don't care. But and then 
like once this once the populist sentiment got to that level, then you saw states stepping up to do it. But that's the, that's that's what I think is going to take in order for something like that to happen. Like I don't think one single state who's maybe majority in that one single state is just going to say, nah, fuck the federal government on this. We're going to do it this way. Like, I think it, it's going to take much more of the general populace to be supportive and, and of, a, goes, of a particular idea. I think that goes along with what Carl's earlier point was. Of it's a lot of education that kind of goes along with that. It's just like... But education hey, of like, what? Like, of what opinion? Like, like am I going to say, like... We could have these ideas, and you could have a different opinion than me, and we can have these it's ideas discussions. in different areas. We can learn that these ideas are what is great about our country and the problem why racist. we feel the problem why we feel divided is that we are forcing the hand of everyone to think one way with the federal government making it that way and if we all came to go okay well maybe you know we shouldn't have that much power and i think a lot of the liberals are seeing that or i hate saying liberal the leftists are seeing that with Donald Trump being elected, they're all going, oh, not my president, not my, uh, and all these crazy Oh, shoot, things. all that power we forked over Obama, it's now biting e us exactly. in the ass. <laughs> and I think this is kind of awakening people to, on both parties, to see that they we got to figure out another word besides want. awakening or woke. Or, I, I, just, I, I just can't bring myself to say it. Enlightened. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just wanted to say something, I guess, um, on the whole, you know, strengthening states' power. I think... One reason states have less power than they do is I feel like we've uh, this is excluding Texans and maybe like some other states here and there. But like for the most part, I feel like people don't identify with their state. Like oh, people yeah. people like have completely lost their personal state's identity. And they're like, I feel like there used to be a time in this country where you would identify more as like a Louisianan or an Alabaman or whatever than whatever an American, called. right? Yeah. I think I think the Alabamas are just called cousins. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, but I mean, I, I, I'm not sure exactly I mean, what, what makes Texas so unique in that. I mean, we, were, we were appointed yeah. to that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> um, but why do you think that is? Why, what, what are the, I don't know, it's just, the I, reasons behind that? Like, just, just guess. Just throw out guesses. I mean, we're just better. We just are. World War Two. No, no, I'm talking about. I'm not, no, I'm talking about why people, why, why you were saying that people are losing their, their identity and where they were born and the, the places that they were raised. Because usually, because in the past it was like, oh, if you're a Roman, you had like a well, sense of air about. Well, you. I think I think some of the technology that we have nowadays of like you know me Blending being able to talk to somebody, you know, clear across the world. Like we're yes. not as special as we thought we were. Well, m maybe, well, but just like the border. But it just it brought people closer together to where like, you know, meeting somebody from Ohio was super super unique back in the fifties or maybe or whatever. Like, I'd have to take a trip all the way over to Ohio to you know talk to somebody from Ohio. But now I can just pick up the phone and call somebody and clear. Oh, we're moving the world. to a one world government. But, it's coming. Well, no, I'm just but I'm just it's saying coming. like I think that's what's what's leading to that is that you know with our technology of instant communication and bringing cl people closer and closer uh, together, which I'm not necessarily saying is a bad thing, oh, it's fine. but I think that's what's led to sort of just like, Hey man, like I thought people from California were all stupid hippies, but you're actually kind of cool. Like I kind of like you. I, I also <laughs> would attest it to some of the, I guess, federal law though. Like each state is not as unique as it used to be. Um, so th there, there wasn't something special. I don't know. State income special. taxes are pretty, pretty dope. Mm. Yeah. We ain't got them here. Exactly. Well, Amen. So that's. I mean, there, there are some things that some states have, and and that keep that state unique. But 
you know, there's that this getting slower and slower. And like uh, in our well, that's in one of our other episodes, you were saying, you know, when I was saying when each state should be um, more uh, free in in being able to make its own laws in its community. And you were saying, well, then you'd have to memorize all these different laws in each area. And you, you well, no, you, we no, nah, we were not talking about the state level. We were talking no. about like the individual community level of like my but ten people. You, and your you ten would people. find that we we tend to kind of align on a lot of the like there, there's already lots of different laws in all these states and all these counties and all these areas like you should you you go to some areas you can't buy beer in certain counties period right like th- there are some very different laws just down the block from you and you don't have to think about them today but we still have some differences but i think those differences on like a grander level the big important things are still the same like right to, to me I th- there's a level of fragmentation that's like okay too much fragmentation but not enough fragmentation as far as like yeah. separating like i'm definitely for states rights and the state's abilities to say okay this is the law we're gonna have here and the law thing and it's not that i'm not necessarily for like city rights or whatever but like when you get when you break it down further and further to smaller and smaller things that's where life becomes harder and harder and harder there's a there's a happy won't say even a happy mean medium. life becomes harder. Well, because he was he was addressing the point where I was talking about you know there'd be a problem because in like okay this house has this rule or this law but then I go to the next door house and it's got you know completely well, I mean, different there's laws. Plenty of towns across this country that are just there's closed in private. They have their own community. They, they sustain themselves. Across, I'm not, even across the world too. Yeah, but I'm just saying like there's I'm not pinpointing it to like oh cities is the exact level or states is the exact level or the federal government's the exact level i'm just saying there's some level of fragmentation where if it's too much fragmentation then maybe too difficult to live in is made the wrong word but it just becomes it's it's too much of a nuisance than that sort of maybe optimum level of fragmentation and maybe that's why california wants to divide though well i was just going to say what's interesting though um is you're seeing a sort of a mass exodus of california from people from California yeah. leaving elsewhere. Um, like, I grew up with this one guy. Um, his dad was a VP for... In New York. Okay, yeah. Um, he uh, His dad was a VP for a very, a very big uh, oil company. I'm not going to say which one. Um, and they lived in California, and they moved here, and they got a house, and that's still, to this day, the biggest house I've ever stepped foot in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, holy shit. What, what, I was like... What was like life in California? Like, where did you One live? Story house. He was like, "Yeah, we just lived in a normal looking house." And I'm like, "What?" Four million dollars gets you a like, lot of like lot what? Of square footage. And then when I was when I was in the army and I was stationed in California, yeah. I would see that because uh, you get like you just get a flat sort of housing rate, mm-hmm. and I would see what you know. A lot of soldiers they try to buy like a cheap place and then pocket the rest of the money, which is completely okay to do. But I would see like how much people were spending on like just a little shoebox, little shithole house, and mm-hmm. I'm like. Three hundred fifty thousand dollars for that. Four thousand square feet for that 5, little one one and a half bedroom shack. Yeah. <laughs> location, location, it was, location. It was amazing. It was just oh, it's crazy. It's just un- utterly insane. But that's I would see that was what I think you have when you see an extreme of a state just taxing the shit out of itself. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, well, I, I think uh, this is a, a great time to take us to the quote of the week. <laughs> Marilyn Voss Savant is the quote of the week, and she says, What is the essence of America? Finding and maintaining that perfect, delicate balance between freedom to and freedom from. 
you you got to get better at saying these. I don't know. <laughs> I like I, I see someone waving in the in periphery, and then I have no. We, there's no good lead in. We there's never a, a good lead in. We well, okay. A, we need to hire a well-spoken British woman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's let's try to get Siri to say it like in the the Australian accent. Yes. Uh, well, I, I we found this quote in by Marilyn Vossavant. And which I hope I'm saying that right. Um, I had no clue who she was, so I Googled her. Uh, it turns you out you and me both. <laughs> it turns out we got a rock star of a quote yeah. uh, because Marilyn Vos Savant uh, is she's an American public figure, but she's best known for having the uh, highest recorded IQ according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Though they no longer maintain this competition, so back when they were, she basically she's just super freaking smart. Mm-hmm. I think she I think I looked it up. She had like a a, a 288. IQ score, I think, is what it what was. What does she do? Did she do anything with that? Uh, she's or? an author. Uh, yeah, she's an author and a columnist. Okay. Uh, that that quote comes out of a book that she wrote. Parade. Or no, it comes out. No, that was a, a magazine column she ran, a oh, Parade well, magazine. I want to reread that last line. Is the, to find the perfect, maintaining the perfect balance between, uh, or delicate balance. Let me let me read freedom. it. Finding and maintaining that perfect delicate balance between freedom to and freedom from. Wh- which. I find is really interesting, and you brought up a, like a great example of that to me. You know that the baker and the cake uh, for the gay couple yeah. um, is the freedom to say no yes. to that couple and and bake their own cake, or the freedom from, from the gun pointing at your head saying you have whoa, to. Whoa, whoa, I mean, we let's <laughs> yeah. We have in this country of like when we're talking about something like baking the cake, like does the people do does does what does the one side have the freedom to say no of baking the cake or does the other side have the freedom to no, freedom from someone saying no to bake the cake yeah. or whatever topic what is uh, mm-hmm. i wasn't talking about guns to people's heads but i'm just saying like i amplified th- it <laughs> but i'm thinking like that's i mean the freedom to do something and the freedom from something i think is such the nuanced part of the the debate of what we have about everything uh you know do they have do they ha- do I have the freedom to smoke marijuana or do they have the freedom to do I have the freedom from having a society with marijuana in it like what is what is the answer yeah. to that right. um so that, anyway I, that's why I, re- I really like this quote I think that would have been a little more relevant to last week's topic no I, well but but when we talk about the United States and, and its founding mm-hmm. like this is the these are the conversations that we talk about on every echelon of topic of laws of you know moral values of doing this or not doing this should should there be a law for this or should there not be a law for this um i mean it really comes down to the freedom of consent finding that balance between the freedom to and from something yeah i i balance or i have this kind of debate in my head all the time with certain regulation and y'all argue and we argue on different regulate regulatory issues all the time right like we for example the verizon earlier. yeah we're the, yeah, the, the sprint and sprint, t-mobile uh, merger we were Treason. before the episode we we were kind of debating on if it's a good or bad thing for the country um and i think this is exactly this quote is like is it is it freedom? Do we have the freedoms to monopolize, or do we have? Should we have the freedom from monopolies? Yeah, and I think that's uh, a really beautifully worded quote. Uh, I can totally see that she's a genius. <laughs> but Very like, what, so. what, what, what? The way that kind of it kind of mind fucks me is that I'm then I go back through and I think of all the things of like I sort of run a, a list and almost like a T chart in my brain of like okay, we should have the freedoms to do this, but we should have the freedoms from this. And then, like, I come up with a thing. I'm like, well, does that fall here? Does it fall there? Like, where where does that fall in? And, like, I don't know. That's just a, the mental thing that, that it makes me do when I, when I read that quote. 
All right. But yeah. Hey, guess what next weekend is? Cinco de Drunco. It is the wonderful Mexican holiday that we celebrate in the United States for some reason <laughs> of Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> um, but yes, next weekend is Cinco de Mayo, and it is not too late to head over to Blue Frog Party Club and get your party in a box. Um, I hope it comes with a sombrero in there. Um, I'm going to have to ask your brother if it's in there. The better. Um, but yeah, you can. Uh, the, the party in the box, I mean, it comes with everything that you need, recipe cards. I'm sure it's going to have a margarita recipe in there. I don't want to disappoint you, but I'm sure tequila is involved somewhere. Um, oh, for sure. But get your recipes for food, drinks, get your invitations. Your shopping list. I mean, literally everything that you need to throw a great, fantastic Cinco de Mayo party, you just need this box, and that's it. Um, so you can head over to bluefrogpartyclub.com, and you can use br- uh, promo code Bermuda, where you can get 15% off that Cinco de Mayo party in a box. Oh, I can't wait. I'm ready. Do it. I'm ready. We is, your, re- is your body ready? Should oh, it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, dude. Uh, dude. We, dude. We could talk about this all day, though. We, we get really kind of worked up. I mean, we had a great conversation. Just I feel like you mostly speak for yourself on that one. <laughs> you don't think we just could Just change we to I. Oh, okay. I get okay. really, really worked up. And I, get, <laughs> I get really excited about it. I do. Well, I, we were doing just, it right before the show about, like we said, about the, the merger of the, the, the companies. And is it good or bad for the American people? And I think this is... So the the great conversation about the great experiment of what this country was is what are we doing and is it great or or are we going to fall from greatness with you've been what? saying great and I'm really hoping that you say I'm make just, America I'm, great again somewhere in there I'm I'm <laughs> I'm pulling a Trump moment I'm sorry guys uh, believe me it'll be great it'll be the greatest experiment of all time there's just never gotta, been an experiment as great as this experiment. Like Kanye Ever. said, we gotta get that dragon spirit. Get yeah. that, that that dragon energy, bro. That dragon energy. There. That's, I, that's I, it. I so yeah. identified with the dragon energy. <laughs> I love that meme we posted the other day. Spirit animal. <laughs> Let's go on the internet and troll some people. <laughs> There's just so many memes of them, like both like leaning back in a in a chuckle, you know, yeah. like together. Yeah. <laughs> like, but hey guys, um, if you would like some more, if you couldn't get enough Bermuda tea in this episode, um, head over to BermudaTea.com. You can check out all of our extended content. Um, you can check out all the episodes that you've missed, see the YouTube videos and the live streams on there. Um, of course, we're on all major social media platforms, Instagram at Bermuda Triangle Podcast, Twitter at Bermuda Tea Podcast, excuse me, and Facebook.com slash Bermuda Triangle Podcast. Of course, give us a like, hit the subscribe button, which will be down there somewhere, maybe... Close enough. Uh, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, somewhere <laughs> over there. Um, and also, if you'd like to go to patreon.com um, slash Bermuda Tea, or you can go to bermudatea.com slash donate, where you can donate to the show. We could really use that. We're, uh, we're poor people. And, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, we could really use your help uh, in, in making the show a little bit better. We, you know, we're doing the, the best that we can with what we got. Um, but yeah, your support would be greatly, greatly As appreciated. Was evident during the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, right? but I would we like to apologize to for. <laughs> yeah, we will one day stream an episode with no technological problems. Gonna happen flawlessly. One day, <laughs> we just need some some help. <laughs> yes, uh, but guys. It has been another fantastic, amazing episode of the Bermuda Triangle Podcast, where interesting topics get lost in good conversation. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.